What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Coming down the aisle at a combined weight of 436 pounds, the team of Jeffrey Martin, Brian Berga, the Jersey Wrecking Crew. That's right. You're listening to the High Spot Podcast. The Jersey Wrecking Crew is here. You can follow us on Twitter at High Spot Podcast. I am Jeff Martin alongside my tag team partner, Brian Berger. We've got a great show for you today. We're not going to get into the mundane of what was Raw and SmackDown. No, we're going to get right to the interview. We're joined by Carly Perez. Lucha fans, you know her as Katrina. The very lovely and talented actress, wrestler, valet, will join us here on the show. Looking so forward to getting to this interview, Brian. It's just, you know, it's a great show. You know, I was having a good day, Jeff, but when I found out we're having Carly Perez on it, I was super excited. Not for the fact that she's gorgeous and beautiful and hope to get the lick of death from her one day, but... The thing is that she did one thing that you and I always talk about when we have guests on the show is basically betting on yourself and taking that risk and to see the type of success she's had, how humble and kind she is. You know, you couldn't think of a better person to have on the show and she graced us with her presence. So if you guys want to catch her on Twitter and Instagram, follow her at Carly Lilani. Uh, you get all the updates of what she's doing and what she's uh, going to be doing in the upcoming future. I know, great episode with Carly Perez, you know her as Katrina from Lucha Underground. We got into so much, but first of all, we just wanted to see how everything was going. And first of all, what kind of guys would we be without wishing her a birthday? So here we go. Here is the interview with Carly Perez. All right, so Brian, we have a great guest coming up right now here from Lucha Underground, Katrina, but we know her as Kylie, uh, Carly Perez. Carly, how are you? How's everything? This is Jeff Martin and Brian Berger. Thank you for coming on The High Spot. I'm great. Thank you guys for having me. Well, you know, I don't know how much time frame there is, Carly, for something like this, because I've always been bad at it. But, you know, Jeff and I want to wish you a very happy belated birthday. Yes, we would not be the gentleman that we are if you don't wish you a happy belated birthday. Exactly. I know most people don't want to think about their birthdays because it's just a terrible time for them because nobody likes to feel like they're getting older. But, you know, I know know, nobody nobody likes that. But for you, how was it? What did you do? Were you with family? Were you just going out and having a night on the town? What was your birthday like? It was it was good. It was it was pretty it was pretty chill. Um, I uh, enjoyed a nice day of tequila um, by mm. a, by a very nice pool. Actually, I was at the Roosevelt Hotel, which is a uh, a uh, classic uh, hotel here in Hollywood. You know, Marilyn Monroe used to live there, and the Rat Pack used to hang, you know hang out there. And, it was. It's my favorite little secret spot around here. So not so secret anymore. Um, you just gave I, it away. I, think I had my first tequila <laughs> at like 10 a.m. So it was good. Very nice, very nice. So when you get to to my age, uh, you just want to stay in the fetal position and just hope that the year goes by really slow. But uh, sounds really uh, like like fun over there in uh, L.A. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a good time right now. Well, something that's coming up for you, too, obviously we'll, we'll get into Lucha Underground, but uh, you know, 
you're a very busy woman. There'll be a lot of things you'll be doing. You'll be doing a situation. You'll be going to a, a place called Flying Chuck tonight at 10 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, what will you be doing down there? Flying um, you know, I'm not sure. <laughs> this is going to be very entertaining, to say the least. Um, they're going to they want ask me to be a celebrity host for the show tonight, and I can't say no to that. You know, there's a few few of my boys are there, so. It's definitely, um, it's, I'm sure they're going to embarrass me. So I'm sure it's going to be very, uh, very interesting to see what happens. <laughs> yeah, it's talking about John Morrison and uh, Ryan Nemeth, too, are going to be there, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> so and if you want to catch it sure there, if, <laughs> if you want to catch it, if you're on the East Coast, you want to hop on a jet right now, you can do it. Uh, but uh, for everyone on the West Coast, kind of jealous, we'd like to see that. Uh, it, this is like improv comedy, and second of all, you know, is that something that you're comfortable with doing or have uh, you know experience with? It's definitely improv comedy, and um, yeah, I, I'm actually um, pretty quick-witted, believe it or not. Uh, most of the stuff that I, um, I was always you know, in our promo classes and uh, improv classes that I had to do in SDW days with Dusty Rhodes, you know, I was um, you know, blessed to, he, he really uh, appreciated my work and I was always up there. I'm not really scared to embarrass myself. So um, that helped me a lot when it came to um, acting and improv and just being quick on my feet, which is always a good thing for entertainment. Um, I use it on Lucha, I used it in WWE when I was Maxine, you know, so it's, it's, yeah, and I'm, I'm comfortable with it, I, I don't really, it's definitely, I'm not sure what to expect, because they're, they're pretty quick-witted guys themselves, so I'm not sure what, what is going to be said to me, but I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure we'll get some laughs. Yeah, I could definitely tell in the sound of your voice, the anticipation is now killing you even thinking about it, which is great, by the way. And it's nice that you're not afraid of those things. But, you know, it's you mentioned Dusty before, and it's kind of true from hearing certain things you've spoken about before that, you know, maybe back then you didn't really have that type of confidence. And Dusty was definitely something very pivotal of making you believe in yourself and believe that you had something in you that you didn't have before. Can you just kind of elaborate a little bit more on, was it something Dusty said to you? Was it more just his enthusiasm and his belief in you that made you kind of develop? that confidence that you could succeed in this entertainment field it was there i mean he he said it to me every day for for years which is what i think i needed to hear it on a day-to-day basis you know from him i think everybody needs a kind of mentor um what dusty saw in me um i didn't see in myself at the beginning you know of my career and um you know he pulled me aside and he's like you know you know, baby, there's something about you. <laughs> like, awesome. You did the Dusty impression. Yes. You had to, to, ask you you had to do the Dusty thank impression. You. Yes, thank you. <laughs> you have to, you know. So he, Kyla, um, let me tell you something, baby. <laughs> he, uh, I, I see that it factor. And I, um, after a couple of promos on promo days, he's like, I, you know, you you have something here and you need to, you need to concentrate on this, on this part of the aspect, on this part of the business. And this is where your strength is. And, um, he, you know, he literally changed my whole uh, life and view of what I could accomplish and do. And, um, he definitely gave me that confidence to do that. Uh, we've had numerous, numerous conversations, very emotional ones. At times I'd be crying in his office, you know, and he's, um, you know, just was always there and always had my back. And, uh, I, 
even up until the uh, the time he passed, you know, I, I'm so thankful because I, I get to go and uh, meet students that came after me, and um, I, it makes me feel very special because they will come up and they will come up to me and shake my hand and tell me that Dusty brought my name up every week in promo years after I left, and I was like, wow, oh, that's that's very touching. So I know that he believed in me. So half of what I do now is really to keep my word. We had some promises that we had to keep to each other. So a lot of that, uh, my work comes from that. You know, one door closes as your time in NXT and WWE, you know, winded down and you moved on to other things and you, and you took the acting. Uh, how, how big a jump was that for you? Like knowing that you were, you know, you had the confidence from Dusty and you knew that you could do it. You know, how, how easy was it to like, you know, go and find un- other, you know, endeavors and, and, and just, you know, was it something easy or was it something that you were very cautious about when you left WWE? Uh, it's not. Nothing, nothing is easy. Yeah. Right, like leaving, leaving, even starting in um, the world of wrestling. You know, there's only a small percent of us that make it to a certain point and stick around. And those are the superstars and people that you've learned to love and the characters that you've seen. But there's, you know, that doesn't count the thousands and thousands of people who tried to get to that point. You know, like just and then after that, leaving. In my mind, you know the. I'm relentless when I start something and I want to be, um, you know, a little bit of my ego slash confidence is I want to be the best of whatever I do. So um, my main goal, like I really, I loved what I loved in the wrestling world that was lacking, which Dusty was passionate about was, was character work. So that's just what I concentrated on. And then, as I grew more confident in that aspect of the work and I started writing a lot and, and seeing that, you know, by the time I got to uh, Lucha, seeing that the writers, you know, took me in and were like, listen, you know, we want your ideas. We love your work. We love with what you come up with. That gave me confidence too, because then this was like, at first I was pretty intimidated, you know, to leave one aspect of a business and go and pursue something else. Um, that is very similar in a lot of ways, but it's still different. Like in the wrestling world, for we have some of the most talented people athletically, and you know, um, it's insane. Like we, we, you know, we have some of the the most insanely talented people in the world that could do some of the stuff that they do. And then we have a small group of people who really concentrated on um, making the fans connect and feel something to a character mm-hmm. and um there just wasn't enough of that i felt like in the wrestling business so um i thought i took a little bit of a chance doing the katrina character um and then after katrina happened i was like you know what i can you know i was already fully pursuing acting and that it was giving me a lot of practice because i was going out like six seven times a week on auditions while i was filming lucha so every time you go out, it gives you more practice and confidence because you're being seen, you're playing different characters, you're reading different scripts, and it only helped me with work. Um, and also you have to deal with about rejection, don't you? Comfortable. What was that? And also with that, it's a very humbling experience that like you were talking about. I didn't mean to cut you off there, but it's about you know developing a new set of confidence within yourself and dealing with what a lot of people, you know, and ourselves included, have to deal with at times is rejection. 
Oh, yeah. I've been, I can't even tell you how many times I've been rejected. But I've been told yes just enough. <laughs> well, those, those people are <laughs> That's fools. That's all you need. <laughs> they are fools. I don't know what they're talking about. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, because there's, it, you learn in the business um, the way that they're both different. There's ways they're similar and there's ways they're, they're, they're different. Um, in the acting world, to even get in a room is a compliment. To get in a room and read for a director or a casting director for for shows like Gotham and you know some Orange Is New Black and um, those big large shows is a compliment. So that's a, that's to your agent and manager that's a win. To get a call back, you're in the top three. Yeah. You know, and then that's a big compliment. So even if you don't get the role, they stay, they take that as a as a win. And to think like that for me, coming from the like the wrestling world, it was just it, we we think a little differently, you know. Like it's just you know when we win, we win. You know, like to me, it was like I'm not winning unless I'm unless I got it, unless I'm the best, you know. And I had to, it was very humbling because I had to tell myself each time this is a step further and you're taking a chance and the more chances you take, the more you're going to get back. Um, and I took a chance when I walked away from WWE, when I walked out of my contract, Lucha wasn't even a thought thought of. No one even knew that wasn't even, you know, no one even heard of that at that time. And those, and that it was years later, eventually that Lucha came about. And I feel like that was my second chance in the wrestling world to provide what I was passionate about, which was um, the character work and the acting. And um, I, I'm very, I'm happy to get in the ring and kick ass, which you guys will see with me and Ivelisse this coming mm. as this season airs up again. Which, yeah, May 31st. Like, the hell of a match. Yeah, May 31st, the um, mid-season premiere. Yeah. Yeah, so that was, a, that was a hell of a show that we put on together. But I was uh, able to do what I loved, which was, uh, and work, with some really cool directors and it was cool. It was, and that's what Dusty loved about the business. So that's what, uh, I grew to love. So Carly, the Katrina character, how much, how much a part of that is you and how much do you, you put into that? I know that you have a control of, you know, where the character goes, but you know, how big a part of that is it, is it about the true Carly? It's definitely a, a big alter ego and you know, it's all, it's all a part of me. Um, I don't, you know, it's so weird. Like it just flowed out, Katrina. Um, it just started to flow once I really just let my boundaries down, and they allowed that. They 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 were allowing me to take chances. You know, the lick, the licking, the <laughs> everything about her is pretty ballsy. You know, so. Um, and that's inside. That's there. It's just a little. It's just letting down. Part of um, being a good entertainer, I feel like, is being being able to be vulnerable in front of total complete strangers, and letting down those like walls and doing doing risky stuff. So that's kind of what I wanted to do with her. I wanted to bring out like a female character that was sexy and vibrant, but not like. It wasn't just, it's not like she's just about, like, sometimes what WWE does with their women, you know? I wanted her to be strong, sexy, vibrant, and, like, in your face, where it's going to be memorable. And something so simple like a lick made that memorable. So, 
But if they didn't allow me to do that, it wouldn't have been the same. No, exactly. And you, again, I think this kind of goes full circle about the confidence. You had the confidence within yourself and people around you to say, hey, listen, do what feels right to you. And, you know, the look of death has been so popular. Everybody talks about it, I'm sure. Lick of you death. Get, lick lick of, of death. death. You get asked about it all the time when you were doing, you know, interviews or being, you know, going I mean, I meeting your fans. I people trying to pull it off afterwards. I've seen quite a few different talent now. All of a sudden, people are licking each other. See, that's like... See what I you mean, started? Unbelievable, you see, know? <laughs> see, you subliminally took it from the Bushwhackers, and you just improved it to your version. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody after the Bushwhackers, yeah. You know, we were talking... A, <laughs> a little different, more... No, I, I, I prefer yours better than the Bushwhackers and Luke and Butch, but uh, I got a question for you. I, I was talking to Brian before this interview, and I was like, I wonder where you got that from. Maybe did you, did you, are you a Batman fan? Did you maybe cast that from Catwoman and Batman or something like that? When it was brought up, it was like you know, they wanted a kiss, you know? They wanted me to be the, seduct- the, the, the badass seductress and, like, the kiss of death. And I'm like, oh, everybody does that, you know? Like, every everybody... Everybody does the kiss, right? So mm-hmm. the I don't even know. It just kind of like I was just trying to think of something that was a little—I don't want to say it like in a bad way, but a little more raw, you know, like raunchy. Raw, there you go, raunchy. Yeah. So like it was definitely raw. So I was—I the Joseph was sitting there with me, and I'm like, ah. and I'm like, you know, like I feel like she needs more than that. We need we need something that's just like ah. I was like, what if I just lick them? And he's like, what? what? I was like, yeah, let's just... He's like, all right, we'll try it in the dark. And we tried it in a dark match, and then that was it. He's like, yeah, we're keeping it. And the great thing about and, that, uh, Carly, is that you get a reaction, whether people look at you and say, oh, my God, she's licking a you know 300-pound sweaty guy after a match, or people say, wow, that's a huge turn-on. You're getting a reaction, and that's what you want as a performer, to get any type of reaction from the audience. Exactly. And that's where people as performers get so caught up, I feel like, in worrying about, um, in our industry, in the wrestling world, where they're worrying about moves, so to say, or, like, things in the ring, and they're not, they're forgetting what what are they? What is their actual character? How do they walk to the ring? What is the reaction they're, they're getting? How are they making people feel? You know, you can only watch so many so many, you know, drop kicks and backflips, but what is something that will make them feel something? And whether that is like, ew, that's freaking disgusting, or oh my God, that's kind of hot, has some kind of feeling. You remember feelings. Exactly. So that was kind of the, that was the thought process. As long as you're feeling, and you nailed it, as long as you're feeling something, you're doing your job. Yeah, it, it goes back to the same thing about, you know, performers in the ring. I mean, if you're getting a reaction, any kind, negative or positive, at least it's something. You're not hearing crickets out there. Carly, something I wanted to discuss with you, too, is like you said, you're, you know, back in the back in the day, you're such a huge movie buff. You love, you know, the whole acting and character development of everything. My thing is, uh, growing up, were there, was there a particular genre you liked? Were you more into like, the dramas, action film? Or what kind of set you off of, like, I like the acting aspect of the development of a character. And, you know, growing up, I watched, I was like a little, I had kind of an old soul. I was watching like really intense drama. I don't even know why my parents let me watch this stuff, but I was watching like the color purple and like really deep, like 
I don't know if you guys know that movie, but no, we do. Yeah, we're old souls too. Yeah. Believe in that, yeah. Carly. We're old souls. I love listening to the old classic type of movies like Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra. I love watching black and white movies. Okay, Cary, oh, yeah. Cary Grant so was, was one of my favorite watching, actors growing up. I, I wanted to watching, emulate so badly. I was watching stuff like that as a kid. I wasn't watching like cartoons and stuff. Like I was hooked on like, and then for a while I did like the old school like. Um, the old school Nick at night, you know, like the Island oh. Lucy's. Oh my the, God, the Lucy Marathons, I, I, Bewitched, I Dream of Jeannie, yeah. all those, I love them, yes. I Dream of Jeannie, yeah, I loved all the old school stuff. Um, I really started to appreciate uh, that as a child more so. And then I used to go to movies by myself, like as a kid. Like by the time I got to like middle school and high school, I always liked alone time, not an only child, so maybe that's part of the reason, but... Um, I was like that weird person that was, I mean, I still do it as an adult. I, when I was on the road in WWE, there'd be times I'd like take myself, I'd get away from everybody and take myself out like on a date and I'd find like the best local restaurant and get a drink. And then I would take myself to a movie because I just really loved watching movies and the way and storytelling and all that. But, um, I grew up just watching a lot of older style stuff. I wasn't like a normal kid, I felt like. <laughs> did you do the same thing with wrestling when you got in, when you got into wrestling? did you you look back at tapes of um you know of uh you know older times like in the eighties or nine early nineties and take a look at who did you want to emulate when you were getting into the wrestling business? Um, so when I was getting into it more uh, more and more when I started um you know, I was watching, I went back and we had to watch like an FTW. We had to go and watch like just, that's all. It, we wrestled and we watched matches and we watched old matches. So I really started to appreciate it more, even more when I was in developmental and I was taking it from that, you know, and I had Norman Smiley who was always pushing certain people on me too. And, um, of course, Dusty is as a, you know, Steve Kern was there with us and Billy Kidman. And there was a, a unique group of people that we had. Um, and those are some of the women that they were always telling me to watch and pay attention to. Um, and I did, but I, I kind of just liked coming up with my own ideas and things, you know, and I would, you always, everything's been recycled and you just put your own spin on, on things, but really you can make it authentic and come up with like totally new stuff, you know. You know, Carly, the thing about you that I admire the most, and I had the privilege of meeting you, I'm sure you met millions of people at WrestleCon in Orlando, Florida during WrestleMania weekend, was just for the fact that you're a very humble person, you're very approachable to certain people, you like speaking and talking to people and hearing their stories. What, I, what I'm very, I admire a lot about you, I'm sure I can speak for Jeff, although I don't like speaking for Jeff because he's a stupid idiot, but, <laughs> but more importantly than that, you're such a hard worker and you, you obviously work for everything that's, you know, nothing's ever given to you. What keeps you so humble? What keeps your head centered where, you know, with all of us, especially with the type of success you've had, everybody's always worried, is your ego going to get really big? Is, is she going to get, think she's better than what she is really? Is she going to be a diva? What keeps you centered and grounded like you are? Um, I don't, I mean, honestly, like I've, I've had some, I've had some hard downs, so I don't remember like everybody, you know, I've had ups and downs and, um, I try to just, part of the, the thing with my personality, which is good and bad, and it's, I've learned to accept it. It can be scary at times is I'm never satisfied. So that's like in life in general, I'm always 
Like as soon as I accomplish one thing, I'm already, I don't really take the time to appreciate what I accomplished because I'm on to the next already. And that's good and bad. And that keeps me humble because like, it's like, I'm striving. I'm always striving. So I don't really have time to have an ego and be like stuck up about it because I feel like I haven't accomplished it yet. You know? So having that kind of niche personality is, is good because I'm always going to be working. Um, it's, scary because I don't know if I'm ever going to truly be satisfied <laughs> and no. it's good in the fact that um, it does keep me humble because I'm just like all right more I need more I need to work more I need to do this and I know how hard it is like I appreciate people's um, support and I and when people are trying to do new ventures or do something new in their life um, I didn't always have the support that is needed you know to accomplish those goals and you really um, you got, you got to find that in yourself and that's, that's humbling when you have to really look at yourself and be like, okay, what can I do to make myself better? You know? And sometimes that means that you have to admit your flaws, which can be humbling. <laughs> wow. Well, really? I, I, well I, I just got to tell you right now, speaking to Carly right now, I swear to God, I think she's talking about me right now because <laughs> I am so much, <laughs> you, found, you found a female you. I found a female version of me. It's 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 ridiculous how it is, but That's it's good. it's it's I know it's so humbling the fact that you're right with all the things you've just said, but it's just great that you're still no matter what you drive yourself, and that's something that Jeff and I admire a lot. Thank you guys, I appreciate that, and I like it's been um it's been one hell of a ride, and we're you know I'm still going. I'm sure you guys are still going. You guys have your goals and things you want to reach in life, and. You know, um, mine in the past, I think the young WWE was a young, was, there are mistakes I made in the, in the business, um, but there are, I left with my dignity and pride as well, so even at a young age, I wasn't willing to sacrifice that, um, but I probably, I'm, I can be very stubborn, and there were times when I was probably a little too stubborn, uh, and now I've chilled out a little bit <laughs> with that. Um, so those are some of the things that I've learned, you know, uh, what not to do and what to do while you're going after new things, new ventures. Carly, we Carly, we had uh, Marty Elias stop by a few weeks ago and came on the show. And uh, we talked about, you know, the future of Lucha Underground. And now, you know, you know, now the midseason premieres May 31st and uh, he actually gave us a personal invitation to come down to the temple uh, when you guys do tapings again so uh, we're looking forward to that the future of Lucha Underground I know you guys it's a TV show it's caught a niche it's something different and that's what you know cause a lot of people to talk about just the future of Lucha Underground what do you guys hope in the next you know year or so that this this becomes more marketable like through merchandising and through uh, you know and you guys have content but do you guys want to get to like maybe the merchandising aspect and make it uh, more profitable I hope so I hope they do I hope you want to know they what happened was and I'm pretty sure this is what happened you know how many lick of death t-shirts ex- she can sell they didn't expect it they didn't expect it to do what it did. And you have people who are from Hollywood, which is great because it's a whole different view and aspect of uh, the wrestling business, which is what makes Lucha so good because you have wrestling and you have Hollywood. But you have people from the Hollywood side who didn't, who don't know about merchandise. You know, like, they don't know how big the merchandising and the, the fan base 
uh, behind the wrestling industry really is and how they get behind it and how profitable that can be. I don't think they were ready for that. You know, they thought they were making a TV show. And then all of a sudden, everybody wants shirts and masks. And it's like, oh, my gosh. You know, I, I don't I, I think it's going to be fine. But I think the preparation was a little, um, you know, behind because it wasn't as uh, it was more successful than probably planned. So um, I'm thinking that's what probably happened. I'm hoping in the next year and I mean, we're going into season four. So, um, you know, a lot can happen in a year. So I'm, I'm hoping that they do really push on that and market that the correct way and and get that part together for everybody. Because yeah, like Brian was telling me that those, you know, look at death shirts for you would be like ching you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, definitely. <laughs> I mean, so that that'd be good be. for you guys and just another uh, form of revenue. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, mid season now uh, your match with Eva Lease. Um, I, I was wondering, can we play like a name association game with you? Like what? What is the name? Well, well, we'll give you we'll give you a name, and you just think the first word that pops into your head. Okay. All right. All right. She's she's nervous about this. I can tell right now. All right. So I'm gonna. All right. We'll start with the temple. The temple. What's the first thing that pops into my head? Yeah, when it pops into your head. Out of uh, fans. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Let's go. Uh, Krista Joseph. Funny as hell and very talented. <laughs> uh, Fandango. <laughs> really sloppy kisses. <laughs> oh my God. Really sloppy kisses, but definitely some of the best. Uh, I mean, I can't even compare it to it. That's not fair, I guess. I was gonna say, it's some really good uh, backstage stuff, though, we got. Let me tell you, that was very entertaining, and I think when you do the improv tonight, it's going to be really good because some of that backstage stuff that you did with him was really funny. I mean, it, it was it, it was yeah. really good. Yeah, she's, she's she's like, yeah, right. No, I'm serious. I was like, wow, okay. And I'm like, you know. no, it definitely was. I've gone back and watched, and I was like, wow, that was totally improv and hilarious. <laughs> All right, here's one for me that uh, I think a lot of people who watched NXT back then when you were Maxine, uh, EC3. Ah, the love of my life. All right, the love of my life. We were, we were good together. Yeah, I would say better. Yeah, I would say, you know, I would pick that over Fandango, mm-hmm. definitely. Yes. Pick that over the sloppy yeah. kisses, definitely. <laughs> yeah, there were sloppy kisses in there, too. Yeah, <laughs> oh, oh, there were. Uh, Lick of Death. That's probably the sloppiest. <laughs> That's the fun. Forget the kisses. The what I've had to lick is just definitely the worst. And uh, one last one, I guess, it'd be Dusty. Dusty, literally, there's. I'm looking at a picture right now of Dusty. He stays in my car, and I. I'm not joking. I talk to him every morning when I get in my car. So Dusty's like a guardian angel for me. Did you cast the Hall of Fame for the WWE? Did you see how Diamond Dallas Page was like all like uh, wishing that Dusty would have uh, still been there? Been there? I didn't. I didn't. I'm. I didn't see that. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Uh, really, Diamond Dallas wishes uh, that would have been uh, that would have been Dusty uh, introducing him, uh, inducting him into the Hall of Fame. Because oh. I'm sure a lot of people I'm wish sure. that just Dusty would have done that because yeah. he's been so instrumental in everybody's career. Uh, one more for me. Uh, the term NXT. What does that mean to you? Oh, man. Well, for me, it was shit. <laughs> no, yeah, of course. But again, it's I shit know. that you built on, though. 
I, I, I made the best of it. Yes. I made the best of it. If it, if it was what it is now, would you, do you think things would have been different? Your path would have been totally different? I don't know. Like, I don't think that they... I still, to this day, you know, like, I've had conversations with WWE since I left, and I just don't feel like um, they know what to do with me. I don't know if the past would... I would have had to been a totally different person, I think, for my path to be different. Yeah, you know, they just don't, for some reason, don't want to... I guess they want to have the control, and they don't want to let the person be themselves, you know what I mean? Because, for example, we're watching SmackDown Live, and, you know, we cover WWE a lot, and we're seeing Nakamura, and, you know, Shinsuke's got that charisma, he's got that, you know, that it factor like you have, and, you know, and a bunch of people have, and now, you know, you see a promo like they have on SmackDown, and they're afraid to let him talk, they're afraid of the language barrier, they just don't let you know, let go of the reins. And and I, I think honestly, I think that was the main issue with you. And I don't think I don't think the Katrina character would have been able to, you know, fully succeed had you still been in WWE. No, no you guys would have never seen Katrina there would have never been a Katrina or anything like it. I just they not there. Um, and you're hundred percent right. So I don't know if my, cause unless I was a, if I was a totally different person, maybe my career would have been different with them, but knowing my personality and me, I just don't, and knowing them, they don't know, they didn't know what to do with that, you know, instead of letting it just be the way the Joseph does and the way, you know, Robert Rodriguez, you know, all our people let me just be me. And they, that's what worked. I felt, I felt like I became I got more fans behind me than I ever did when I was in WWE, which is crazy. And you, and, know? And so, you think there's so much airtime, right? So much time lap when you see some of the stuff, that the filler that they have, right? And you have a guy maybe like Zack Ryder who did the whole YouTube thing and he got over himself. And, the, and they want you to grab the brass right. ring. And they're like, you know, do this, do that. But then they're like, well, you know, we didn't, we didn't really have anything to do with that. So sorry, kid. You know, you know, you're not going to get your your push, right? And that's what they and that's and that's up to the people that stick around for that. If they want, if you know, after a certain amount of time you put in to anything you do, it's pretty scary to leave. And it's scary for any of them to leave, even knowing that they possibly could do better. But it's it's a scary thing, WWE, WWE, you know, and that that becomes very um, it's they they are stable there, they have uh, careers there, and they get paychecks there, and and it's scary to walk from that. Um, but I just I just felt like you know myself, it was a scary move, but man, I just felt like I could I needed to be able to spread my wings and test out other things, or I wasn't going to be happy. And, and you don't want to wake up unhappy every day. I know a lot of people in the industry that do that, and they sacrifice their happiness for their comfort. And I'd rather be uncomfortable. More than that, it, it takes a lot of guts to walk away when you did, knowing that you were unhappy. And a lot of people don't really realize, ultimately, there is more avenues out there to pursue, which you definitely have done and been successful in doing. That being said, Carly, and we're about to wrap up. We're talking to Carly Perez, a.k.a. Katrina from Lucha Underground, very successful actress. There's no doubt in my mind there'll be a matter of time before you're on the big screen, except in an Emmy Award or Academy Award, whatever it might be. For me, you're always so busy. You're on the road. You're, 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 you're talking to us on the phone. When you do have downtime, if that ever happens, what do you do during your downtime? What's the thing that Carly loves to do to kind of relax? Oh, um, 
Well, I'm a food fanatic. I love cooking. I cook a lot. I cook a lot in my downtime if I have the time to do it. Um, I, uh, I box. I work out a lot. You know, that's just become like a lifestyle, but it helps clear my mind. Um, I write. I do a lot of writing. I've been writing. Um, I've been writing a script right now. Um, it just helps, like, keep my mind juices like going, you know. And uh, right now, I've been pretty busy. Even on my downtime, I'm in like, I'm like my agent and manager are keeping me busy, so I really don't have too much of it. But but that's what I like to do to clear my mind or stuff like that. I like to be with my dog. I like to cook and just relax. Not, no noise, no nothing. Just chill. Wow. And again, the uh, season, uh, the mid-season uh, premiere. premiere for Lucha Underground, Lucha Underground is May 31st at 8 p.m. on El Rey Network. Uh, also, seasons one and two are, are, are on Netflix. So, uh, Carly, listen. Yeah. We, and you guys can't forget about... Um, uh, I start filming this weekend. I oh, feature film. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Tell, tell us about that. Because it, we have a cool cast. It's a, I'm really excited. I'm. We're we, gonna have like a. Um, we got a, a big group of the Sons of Anarchy guys coming in. It's a it's a badass biker flick. Okay. So I'm working alongside some really cool actors. I'm really excited. Um, Tom Proctor, who was uh, Opie's dad in Sons of Anarchy, he's uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy. He did, um, um, what was the other one? He just did a really big one. I forgot the name of the movie, but he's really good. Um, the the um, They won't tell me who I'm co-starring with. I, they haven't listed it I, on, on the IMDb yet, and they I think they're keeping it a little bit of a secret. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see that. Um it's going to be a really cool movie. It comes out next year. Um, and I will be filming starting this week and all through the next couple of weeks. So I'm excited. And that's well, exciting. We, we tried to research and find out about it. Premise-wise, you said, it's like, uh, you know, you, you talked about Sons of Anarchy. Uh, what kind of role will you be playing theoretically in this movie? Ah, I'm, um, how do you say it? The, in the, the, the Godfather way, the Cantilet. Okay. I played okay. the guy. I played the. I played the, which they haven't listed yet. Whoever I'm co-starring with, I play his uh, right hand man. Okay. I do all the dirty work. Look at that! So, oh wow! So a badass, a badass chick. Look at that <laughs> chick, which I'm sure you can play very well. Is that something that intrigued you about it? Because so it's definitely dynamic in terms of just more of a challenge, creativity uh, for you uh, as a performer. I want to play the like, I. I'm going to utilize what I have under my belt, which the, the, the badass stuff I'm comfortable with. I can do that. But I, I definitely work. We've been pushing uh, towards some really cool, more like uh, drama, even romance. Um, some comedies have been brought up to me. So I, I do want to... I could definitely see you in a comedy. Range. You definitely have to do a comedy. You definitely you need to have <laughs> I, one under I caught some of her. I caught some of her reel. I caught, definitely caught some of her movie reel. Uh, it's available on YouTube. Guys, you want to check it out? There's one where she's trying to learn how to twerk. I'm like, seriously, that's... And I missed this? <laughs> Hilarious. And I missed this. Why? She's got the glasses, the hair all messed up. You basically look like Clark Kent. And she's like, oh, yeah. What was it? Miss Twerkalicious was your name? <laughs> I wrote that, by the way. Hey, very, yeah, very well but written, of course. We we needed something. We needed that. My agent's like, we need something 
you're not going to get, we're not, if you don't get the work, if you don't have the work, like, listen, I, I have a million badass stuff, you know, or seductive stuff or, but you know, we got that, but we needed something on the other end. And he's like, until we show that you can do that, we're not going to book it. So we need to show it. So we did film that scene just to show that I'm okay being a total fucking dork, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it was okay. You, know, you wouldn't recognize, you wouldn't look at that girl and go, that's Katrina. Yeah, <laughs> which, that's is, which is great. And that's why, like I said, your, your, your dedication towards character development and that is definitely seen in the real. As much as I was laughing my ass off look, looking at it, I was like, oh my God, that's, that's Carly trying <laughs> acting that way. It was great because you just showed a different side and dynamic of yourself that most people probably wouldn't notice. Right, and that's what, and that is exactly. Thank you. I appreciate that you appreciate that, and that's what we wanted, and that's what we're aiming for, and that's a day by day thing, but it's working. So, Carly, I mean, I see you know big things for you already, you know, and and a bright future, and you know, it's a great story that you have, and especially you know the message that you sent to everybody, you know, don't be satisfied, don't you know, don't settle for being uncomfortable, be happy, uh, and that's what we like to do. Uh, that's the message we like our guests to to give out to our audience. Uh, much appreciated, and listen, if you're ever in New York, you know, you know, let us know. Stop by, we can do something in person, and uh, if not, you know, continued success. And hey, we, we might catch you at the temple one day, uh, hanging out with a uh, more. Elias. Yes, sounds good. I hope to see you guys soon. Thank you so much. And Jeff, what a great time talking to her. You know, she gave us a lot of her time and we appreciated that. But, you know, what a great message and story. And we kind of found out that she's kind of an old soul at heart, Carly Perez. And you guys can catch her on Twitter at Carly Leilani, as well as Instagram as well for all the upcoming things that are going on in her schedule, as well as Lucha Underground, which will be the season or the mid-season premiere, May 31st, where we'll see Katrina and Evelise there as well. So that's a little exciting spoiler that we're going to look forward to you're, as the season opens. You're going to get to see her in the ring, and that premieres May 31st on El Rey Network. Uh, and also, you know, she's up to a lot of things, man. Movies galore. She's going to do improv tonight. So, you know, if you guys get that jet over, if you're on the East Coast and go check her on the West Coast, you know. Yeah, I'll, I'll get my jet on the way, exactly. But uh, so much uh, great information, so much great stuff that she gave us. And again, just shows you, man, you got to take risks in life and a great example, the kind of message that we want to send to our audience here on the Highest Spot Podcast. And more but, than that, Jeff, I'm starting to interrupt you, although I really am not. What's cool about speaking to Carly was the mere fact, Jeff, that we know how this world is. It's a very cynical place, and it's great to see good things happen to good people. And she's very down to earth, too. That's a great question asking her keeps her so humble. I can't wait to see her when we go visit the temple. And it's so amazing, too, just the influence that Dusty had on a lot of people. Oh, yes, definitely. And, I mean, obviously, he saw something in it, and we, you know, joke around saying how, like, oh, he has it, or she has it, you know, how we use the uh, Jericho moniker, but definitely, man, I mean, looking back, you know, studying for this interview and looking at her old films on NXT and old clips, um, you know, she really had it, and uh, just head-scratching why the WWE, you know, just didn't decide to, you know, go along with it, but it was her choice. She took the risk. She left. You know, she went to pursue her dream acting, and now look at this. Lucha Underground has become a, a, a cult uh, following, and it has become a phenomenon. The future is bright for her, and the future is bright for us at the High Spot Podcast. So hopefully, the next time we do a word association with Carly, when we throw the word High Spot Podcast, we hope, or at least I know she'll say, highlight of her life. 
to be on the show. And we thank her for that, too, giving up her time. So you guys have been listening to the High Spot Podcast. Hope you enjoyed the episode and the interview with Carly Perez. Again, catch her on Twitter and Instagram at Carly Lilani, as well as you can catch us on Twitter at High Spot Podcast. So for my tag team partner, Jeff Martin, I am the trendsetter, Brian Berger. We are the Jersey Rag Crew. And after listening to this episode, Jeff, and listening to Carly especially, oh. life is just too, too sweet. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.